0: Thanks for coming, everybody. I drove in from uh, Munster this morning, so if I yawn, it's not personal. All right, so here's the outline. So we're gonna cover today, section one is introduction. I'll be brief. Section two, what is school marketing? Basically defining it. Section three, which is gonna be the bulk of this, is content, that's why we're here today. Section four, branding guides. And then finishing off with this first one is turning theory into practice. All right, a little bit about me. Uh, Husband Aaron, father Ruth, she came a little earlier than we expected. Uh, She was actually due a week from today, and she came on the 22nd of September, so that's where my wife is right now. Um, I went to Emily City Christian, and I know there's two people in the room that also went there, Um, worked there, went there. Went to Emily City High School, 1912, and then I earned a bachelor's degree in uh, film and photography when it was called Calvin College probably all remember what it's called that, it's not a university in my mind, it makes me feel old. Um, and then I also run a freelance photo and video company, that's what I'm wearing right now. And then my nine to five is marketing for Southwest, so we have three campuses, two elementary and one high school. And then in my limited free time that exists, I do church media. So the pandemic really catapulted us into live streaming. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say go blue and go wings. So. Let's jump into it. What is school marketing? Simply put, it's the what, the where, and the how people see your school. So when you think of school marketing, those are the three things I want to come into your brain. And how can you keep on top of your school marketing? Let's break that down. So, got three types. Old school, new-ish school, I'm gonna put that in air quotes. Modern day, let's go old first. How many of you still have flyers and brochures that you print off yearly for your schools? Whether that's for admissions, that's for fundraising, communicating with donors, maybe even recruiting your staff, right? That's been around for a really long time. They're displayed in your school's front office. I always tell people, I can tell when the last time they updated it was, if the kids that are in it are in like kindergarten and they just graduated grade. you got to keep up on those flyers and those brochures. And then, of course, if you have relationships with churches, you can put those there. And at local businesses, I remember growing up, we'd go to local places and they'd have bulletin boards. But they'd be like falling off, you know, you try to pin it somewhere where it would be visible. And then make relationships with newspapers. So local and regional are great. Um, again, I would say update these as needed or yearly. Tell people when your admissions deadline is or if you have a big fundraiser coming up, utilize local newspaper. And then uh, church bulletin. I grew up in the CRC. We have supporting churches. When I worked at Lansing Christian Schools, they had 11 supporting churches. It's a great way to keep your community engaged with you. Um, You can update them as needed, but really, I would say, put in there what's coming up and then recap it the next time. So I know with uh, Southwest, they have a lot more supporting churches, but they also have a lot of churches in general represented. So churches are a great way to market your school. All right, new-ish. So in the late 90s, schools finally started grabbing websites, which is good. Um, Unfortunately, you can also tell when you go to a school's website if they haven't updated it since the 90s. You need to keep up on that. I always tell people, you need to make sure your website is both desktop and mobile-friendly. The people that are looking on the desktops, like my parents, I'm going to tell you your age, are in their 60s, they're looking at stuff on the desktop. It's a completely different viewer experience versus your prospective families, the ones that are coming up through kindergarten, preschool, your newer donors, they're on their phones. So make sure when you're updating your website that it's both desktop and mobile friendly. All right, modern day, this is a big chunk. School email blasts are great, um, they keep everybody informed as to what's going on. I know at Chicago Christian Day what's called the Nightline every Friday. The info in that, though, is specific to the campus and the parents. That's not going out to every single person in their database. We do have a monthly email that we just instituted called The Voice Express that highlights the more over-top things for the school. Or you could go the quarterly route. Either way, you have lots of options. I'm sure if you have a database, there are ways to catalog your emails, right? Um, When I worked at and Christian, they used MailChimp, the free service that you can use Catalog a giant amount of 500 email addresses. So that's one way to do that. Magazines. So at Southwest, we have what's called the voice that comes out three times per year, and then we do the annual report. You guessed it, annually. Um, Timothy Christian up in Elmhurst, Illinois, they actually do this once per year. It's about the thick it's like a phone book, and it's at the end of the school year and it recaps every single event, including graduation, all the nitty gritty stuff. So they go the, the thick route with that and then the big kahuna social media accounts um, the ones that I'm listing here are the ones that you should know about uh, Facebook Instagram TikTok, Twitter YouTube and Vimeo um, I always tell people when they're starting off utilizing these platforms this is more specific to Facebook and Instagram during the school year three to five posts per week maybe going well where does that number come from When you're trying to condition an audience to tune into your social media and get info, three times per week, we're thinking Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or if you can manage five posts per week, you've obviously got Monday through Friday covered. That way, if you have more content, by all means, post more than once per day, but that's at least a starting point. Uh, During the summer, you can obviously taper that back, and you can go one to three, because there's probably less stuff going on, all right, let's get into content. So I always tell whenever somebody is either going to an event and they're capturing something for me, or if I'm working with people at an event, I say capture content with the end goal in mind. What is this going to be used for? So I shoot with the end in mind. It's the same phrase, just a little bit different. Social media newsletter. You gonna put on a giant billboard? Is your school the billboard that you're gonna have this lovely big image of your kindergartner on? Print ads. You should be. Thinking about this when you go to document things, so that when you have the opportunity to put a photo on a billboard, it doesn't show up super pixelated and it's not a great image. All right. Sounds simple, but how to capture the content? You have to be at school events. I know. We uh, we work there 9 to 5, and events happen after 5. you got to be at the science fairs, the theater, the band, the choir performances, all the sporting events. Um, if there's a donor who has given Chromebooks or smart boards or some other item for classrooms and you want to capture that to give them a shout out or to include it in the upcoming newsletter, you got to capture it. All right, DNP list to do not publish. Um, I recommend every school have one of these. Kind of goes under the radar. But essentially what it is, it's a manifest of names and images and generally speaking most schools get school photos down the first or the second month of the school year. Justin's life touch, whether you hire a local photographer, this gives you an opportunity to put a name to the face for kids who cannot be included in your marketing. So I've had situations where I've gotten this awesome picture of maybe three or four kids and one of those kids is on the DNP list. I've reached out to families and I've said, "Hey little Johnny, I know you guys said you do not publish, but that includes Facebook. That includes us putting it on the website. and they go, "Oh, well, his grandma wants to see him on Facebook. By all means, take this off the list." So it's a great way for you to make a connection with the family, but also keep the list going for when you're going to events. And I know, depending on how big your school is, this can be daunting, but it's also very nice, because the rule of thumb that I play by is if there's more than five students, it's a group photo. So, just something to keep in mind as you approach each school year. All right, Audience. A lot of people that we have to communicate with being at school, right? you got current parents, students, grandparents, teachers and staff. Then you got your alumni, your donors, and then shifting into the prospective people that you want to have coming through your doors in the future, prospective families and students, and then of course, you've got teachers and staff, prospective in the future. Where are they located on social media? Let's talk about that. Facebook, not trying to be ageist, but your current parents that are 40 and above are probably on Facebook. The ones that are 40 and under are probably not on Facebook. They're probably on Instagram. Your current grandparents, if they're on social media, they're on Facebook. Your current staff members, age dependent, they're probably on Facebook. They might also be on Instagram. Donors? I have seen the most donors in my time at Southwest on Facebook. These are the people that are going to look for content are on Facebook. And then alumni, of course, this varies, if your school only goes to 8th grade, they might be on the, you know Instagram or TikTok, but if you have all the way to 12th grade, they're probably on Facebook as well. Shifting to Instagram, under 40, you got current parents. I absolutely guarantee you, any current student in your system, has an Instagram profile. They may not post, and it might be on private mode, but it's so they can check out all of their friends' social media stuff. Current staff members, the younger they are, probably the mid-20s, early-30s, they're also on Instagram. Um, And then prospective families, we're looking at, especially the preschool, kindergarten range, that's how they're keeping in touch with all their friends, that's where you want to be posting your school stuff to tell them, hey, there's an upcoming open house that you should know about. Young donors and alumni, there are some of them on Instagram. Um, Thankfully, you can kind of share the content from Facebook to Instagram. Shifting to TikTok and YouTube, Um, TikTok can scare some people. It's kind of like the big bad wolf, don't worry, we're going to break it down. Current students, I guarantee you, are on TikTok. I had a funny one. Um, I coached soccer two years ago at Chicago Christian, and I was driving from our soccer complex to the high school, I had three students in the backseat. I was making small talk, and I said, what social media apps do you guys use? And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, where do you get your content from? And I said, are you guys on Facebook? And they went, no. I was like, why? And he goes, my great aunt's on Facebook. I wouldn't be on Facebook. I was like, so where are you? And he goes, TikTok, YouTube, and occasionally Instagram. So those are our current students. Those kids are now 12th graders. They are not on Facebook. So it just goes to show you the shifting of the tide. Back when Facebook came out, and I believe it was 06. We had people, everybody from college is going on there. Now we're seeing a trickle-down effect. TikTok is kind of the new Facebook in that way. Uh, Prospective students and families are absolutely on there. They're following people like Mr. Beast, they're following Dude Perfect, uh, Parker Walbeck. If you don't know those names, you're gonna have a busy afternoon looking them up because they have so much content. Um, And then younger donors and alumni are absolutely on YouTube. They could also be on TikTok depending on how tech savvy they are. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Twitter and LinkedIn. So, Twitter's more peer-to-peer. In my experience with Twitter, um, you've got teachers tend to be on there talking with other teachers. Coaches talk to other coaches. Colleges use Twitter as a means to recruit students. But notice, I haven't mentioned anything about elementary school, middle school, and high school. I make the joke, Twitter died in 2014. We just don't use it like we. Um, Adam Schefter for the NFL, I think, is probably Twitter's number one user for fantasy football. That has nothing to do with what we're doing. So, I would say you can still post stuff to Twitter, but you don't have to worry about it. Um, LinkedIn is primarily for getting new staff members. Um, students typically don't even create a LinkedIn profile until they graduate from college. I know that's what I did. I graduated college in 2017. I think I've logged on there three times. So. Um, that's one of the reasons why I don't tell people to put a lot of their energy into Twitter and LinkedIn. Wow. All right, so what are they consuming? This is a fun one. Older parents, grandparents, older alumni and donors. On Facebook, they're consuming three things. Photos, videos, and articles. Photos can be put into a gallery. This is my love hate relationship with Facebook. You can post like 60 photos in a gallery. Individually label every photo. And you might know somebody in your life that goes through and likes every single one of those photos, comments on every single one of those photos, and maybe even shares every single one of those photos. Yeah, so I'll take a relationship. Videos can be long or short form, but they should be horizontally cropped. So when you go and see Top Gun Maverick in the movie theater, it's horizontal. That's where you should be putting that content. And then articles. So if you have an outstanding alumni person who went to the University of Illinois, and they want to share an article with you, say, hey, Chicago Christian, I'm doing really cool things, you should tell people about it. You can either put that link in there, but I've also seen people put the entire article into the caption and people read it, and that's what Facebook is now. That's where the older folk are going to read stuff. The younger people are like, oh, it's more than three sentences, I don't want to do that. All right, Instagram, the nature of the beast. So. When Instagram first came out, when I was in college, it was a photo-sharing app. About six to eight months ago, the CEO of Instagram said, we're a video-sharing app, and all of my photographer friends went like this. Because everybody spends all their time now on Instagram going through videos vertically. So let's knock out photos and then we'll focus on video. Maximum of ten photos put the most engaging photo first, and ideally vertically cropped. I've had people ask me, why is vertically such a big deal? It takes up the most real estate when you're scrolling, so a 4x5 crop on Instagram is way more engaging than a landscape photo that's that big on your massive screen. So why post the most engaging photo first in a carousel? you got to draw them in, especially kids that have a three second attention span. So I want to show you an example of this. So I decided back in the spring, we had graduation, and I wanted to do a litmus test. So, I knew I was going to have a lot of photos from CCHS, CCHS's graduation. We have the patented hat throw, happens every year. You have you know, your basic celebration, you've got somebody going across the stage, and then you have lots of speeches, right? That's the cadence of graduation ceremony. I know for a fact that the audience on Instagram for Chicago Christian is students, it's our current students. They go to support their friends, they go to see their friends. So I said, let's see what the like count is when I put students front and center versus staff. Not that we don't like Henry Dorn Jr., our superintendent, but he doesn't draw you in as much as, say, a smiling girl going across the stage who just got her diploma. So if you look up here, 174 likes for the two girls smiling. Pat throw, 179 likes. Henry Dorn, 94 likes. And then walking across the stage, 140. The ironic part of this one, the next photo, is the student body president giving a speech. It's a student. But the first photo is what draws you in. So if you don't have an engaging first photo in that carousel, you're gonna keep scrolling. So keep that in mind when you're being, when you're posting on Instagram, make it engaging. All right, video, short as possible, ideally less than a minute. I actually, in my time at Chicago Christian, I've been trying to make videos 15 or 30 seconds long. Now, I know a couple of you went, that's really short. Ideally vertically cropped, right? Again, you want to take up space on the phone. Try and the audio goes further. By show of hands, how many of you saw Top Gun Maverick this year? I'm okay, good, not bad, considering our crowd, about half. Um, there were two songs this summer that went viral because of that movie. Lady Gaga's Hold My Hand, which was written for that movie, and I Ain't Worried by One Republic. One Republic blew up this summer. And their song, I Am Worried, catapulted on reels. So a lot of people got on the bandwagon and said, hey, this is trendy audio. It may not fit necessarily the, the video that I'm showing you of kids running through a field, but I'm going to use that to grow my audience. And sure enough, I used that audio clip, ironically, for Jake's cross country team, and it blew up. It did really well. It was uh, the song "Sunshine" by One Republic. I had kid. I believe the lyrics go "Running through the sunshine," which fits because you guys are cross-country runners. It's a damn joke. Um, the other one that's trendy recently, Corn Kid. Not going to sing it because I don't want to get stuck in your head. <laughs> Michigan. Um, they had Blake Corum is their running back. It's Corum. He has the juice. So again, keep in mind what is trending use it, help it to grow your audience. It also shows that you're keeping up with the times. Kids will notice, and I'll show you that in an example later. All right, TikTok. It's solely a video platform. This is kind of an interesting bird, because TikTok shares a lot of the same qualities as Instagram, but it also has some unique features. The video is short but it doesn't have to be as short as Instagram. Um, I follow a lot of people on TikTok, like comedians or Gordon Ramsay, things that can't be explained in 15 seconds, right? A joke that's 15 seconds is probably not a funny joke. Nate Bargatze is one of my favorite comedians. He talks very slowly, right? So his jokes tend to be a minute. So on TikTok, the stuff that you're gonna put on there can be a little bit longer form because people are going there to get information and be entertained. Instagram, everybody's going on there to be discovered. So people use TikTok more for uniqueness than for just discovery. So that's why original audio will get traction. We talked about how you should use trendy audio on Instagram. On TikTok, Nate Bargatze is not gonna be sharing audio from another comedian, because that doesn't fit his style. Ideally vertically cropped. This one is kind of unique as well, because you can totally do horizontal on TikTok. A lot of our old TV shows, right? When they put that on TikTok, you might see them crop in to make it fit, just to take up more space on the screen. But I've seen both vertically and horizontal videos do well on TikTok. All right. Briefly, um, Twitter, photos, videos, articles, we kind of touched on that already. LinkedIn, same thing. Um, we, we use Twitter at Chicago Christian, or we use LinkedIn a little bit. But it's mostly just another place to post the same content. So I don't take what I have and specifically craft it just for Twitter and just for LinkedIn. Alright. And before we we sweat too much, at the end of the day, just remember, make sure your audience knows where to go to consume specific content. So you want to condition your audience. Hey, long form video. You should be going to YouTube and Facebook. Oh, there's an article. Facebook. Facebook. Short video, vertical, that's highlighting the football team's most recent victory against the rival school. Probably TikTok and Instagram, right? All right. Branding guides. This is a PDF that outlines your logo, colors, and font families. you should actually really surprised. I've been in Christian Ed now for about four or five years. Not a lot of schools have branding guides. It's a very simple thing, but it helps go a long way. So we're going to break it down from logo, colors, and font families. So this is an example, I created this for Chicago Christian two years ago, this is the cover page. we got two logos, we've got our athletic one and we've got more of an academic one. Essentially what you're using this branding guide for is to communicate to internal staff but also when you go to other vendors, if you need to get you know, t-shirts made or flyers made, what is it that you need to communicate? So to keep it consistent, you should have all of your print, web and clothing, should have the same colors, right? That's your purple, or that's your gold. Um, And understanding what logo to use when. We kind of touched on that in the previous slide. you got two logos. Not every school is going to have two logos. Some might have more than that. I know Grand with Christian, I believe, five or six campuses. There might be some nuance between the logos of those five campuses. You need to make sure that people understand each of those. Um, And then understanding what is not okay. Um, There are trolls on the internet that will create fake accounts. One way to keep track of that is knowing what your logo is and what's not approved. Um, I actually have to monitor this in my job quite a bit. We have a ton of fake accounts that I have to report because people say, oh, I'm going to use the Knight logo and I'm going to put a top hat on them. I think that's hilarious. Well, we know from the association office they're not approved by us, so we know we can keep track of fake accounts. All right, so inappropriate uses, just a few examples. Um, Not properly utilizing, you know, that's a JPEG instead of a PNG, PNG would be uh, see-through. This is not Chicago Christian High School's logo, that is, so that's the wrong placement. Squishing it or stretching it, making it look like puke green, and then the top hat that I referenced This is one of the reasons, like I said, why you need a brand new guy. Alright, logo file types, JPEG, PNG, TIFF, etc. This is big when you have someone who's maybe redoing your website, or if you're sending out files to somebody who's printing off your latest flyer, and they say, hey, I need a PNG of your Nighthead logo, and I need it to be purple, gold, and white. And you go, I have no idea how to find that. Also, what's a PNG, right? It's a common thing that happens. So having all of this put in one place, helps you keep it organized, and then when you get requests, whether it's from a fellow staff member who's trying to make t-shirts for their upcoming butterfly garden exhibit, right, they want to make t-shirts that has your logo on it. Different renditions of the logo. If you are creating a branding guide from scratch, I recommend three, a main one, a black and white one, and an inverted one. This covers a lot. If you feel like you need more than that, I would say, well, what's the purpose of it? Because those are a really good starting point. Alright, color scheme. RGB, RGB, right? Um, CMYK, hexadecimal, Pantone. If you don't know what these are, that is okay. I am on Adobe Suite all the time. That's my photo, video, PDF creator, atomic flyers. That's where these two come in. When I'm updating the website, it's hexadecimal, and when I'm sending stuff out to a print shop or to make T-shirts or hats, it's Pantone. All of that stuff is laid out right here, and then I also have my font families. Down there, alternate colors. When I first started working there, I asked my boss. I said, "Do we have any colors that aren't stereotypical?" And she said, "Well, they're not like official." And I said, "Well, to keep it consistent, can you tell me what they are?" So she showed me examples, and I actually had to use that to go backwards. Right? I had to figure out what the color coding was through the image. So we have two different grades, which is kind of whited out in the top right corner there, but they're like official, not official colors. All right, font sounds really oversimplistic, but what's your main logo font? What's in the front of your building? What's on your diplomas? What's on your letterhead? It should be consistent. Um, is your mission statement font different than your school's logo? Some people have worked at their school for 25 years and they go, "Oh my word, it's different. I've never noticed that before." Alternate fonts and one of they use so. An example of the school that I work at, Trajan Pro, we use it on 99% of things. We don't really use Franklin Gothic book too much. Uh, Adobe Garamond is primarily used in media, and then the cursive one on the bottom, they Golden Plains, we only use it for two specific things. Alright, last section before we have some examples. Theory into practice. How to handle documenting things. This is a doozy, I I know. Uh, Southwest has three campuses and I'm one person, right? You can only be in so many places at once. So you can hire a photographer for the school year. Uh, Again, referencing Timothy up in Elmhurst, Illinois. They hire two photographers for the entire year. They are one campus, preschool through 12, and that way they keep all of their stuff consistent. The person goes to their annual Washington, D.C. trip, goes to all sporting events, goes to their prom, goes to everything. And that's how they make that thick book I talked about earlier. You could also hire a parent, um, do a stipend deal, right? There are a lot of parents that probably are hobbyist photographers that might enjoy having a stipend. They're already at the events. Um, Our campus in Oak Lawn, they hire a parent specifically for yearbook, because I typically go to the bigger events, but I'm not at every single kindergarten event. Um, You could also do what Southwest did for me, create a job dedicated to documenting these things. I know, depending on the size of your school, that's not a resource you have, so I understand that. Um, And then the more affordable slash non-pay route, ask a staff member who's photo and video savvy. I've actually been really impressed, uh, especially with how much better these iPhones have gotten. People have a really good camera in their back pocket that they're not utilizing. Don't be afraid to use it. Um, And if a staff member isn't comfortable with receiving pay, which I've never met anybody who does that, um, that would be another route. Um, Same thing with a parent. I've met more parents than I can count that when I say, "Hey, I saw you at the soccer game with your DSLR," and you share those photos with me, and they go, "Please don't give me photo credit. Don't pay me. Because if they turn off that, I don't want you to. Feel, <laughs> I don't want to feel bad about it." So, you can create these relationships with people, and they can also refer you to people that might be willing to do that. But that's one way that you can handle documenting things throughout the school year. All right, the lifelong debate that I get asked: Do you need a DSLR mirrorless camera? What about iPhone? For those who aren't familiar. DSLR, mirrorless, those are professional-grade cameras. DSLR has a mirror, mirrorless, you guessed it, it, (coughs) has a mirror. That's what I use on a daily basis. I use it for weddings, I also bring it to work. I do get a stipend for my gear, because I typically upgrade about every two years. Um, But I also tell people, iPhone is a great place to start. They're affordable, they fit in your pocket, you get consistent quality, Um, you can easily upload them, right, because they're already in the JPEG format, sort of raw and having to edit your images. Um, there are some drawbacks to the iPhone. Um, if you are at like a theater performance or you're at a football game and sitting in the bleachers and you start zooming in, that image is going to get super pixelated, which means you got to move closer to the action, which might be out of your comfort zone. The other thing is, phones don't do great in low light. So if you know the limitations of what you're working with, you can still get a really good image. All right, let's uh, pivot to some examples here. Uh, I'm going to get some, going to call on some people, so just veer out of here. Really? I can apply for next year already? Who are you talking to? It's Wilma from Chicago
1: Christian High School.
0: Yeah, I had no idea you
1: guys were accepting applications already. Wilma from Chicago Christian High School at 3 in the afternoon? Who is this? It's Wilma from Chicago Christian High School. Were you wearing Wilma from
0: Chicago Christian High
1: School? Uh, khaki? That sounds
2: horrible. Well, she's a woman, so there's that.
0: <laughs> That's right. We're accepting applications for next school year. To learn more, schedule a tour, and apply, visit swchristian.org or call us at 708 388 7656. All right, question for you guys and girls Who's the audience for that video? Yeah. Families. Prospective families. Okay, anybody else? Grandparents, Grandparents. sure. Uh, the two people that were in that video are both staff members. So it's kind of fun, right, if you have staff members get involved. I guarantee you, their family members, their cousins, their aunts, their uncles are all going to share it. It's going to get a lot of good traction. What's it a spoof off of? Jake from Safe Farm. Yeah. So, I love insurance commercials. They are like the most fun thing as a filmmaker because they have storylines, they're consistent, and they're short. Also, they love it when people spoof them because you thought Wilma well, from Chicago Christian, you instantly thought State Farm. So I inadvertently just advertised from State Farm for all of you. So that's one way that you can uh, advertise. We pushed this out for two different things, uh, promoting our high school open house and then our enrollment deadline. It's under a minute long, so it hits that sweet spot. We push it on Facebook, Instagram, I believe. We also put it on Twitter, just for the hey of it. It did really well on Facebook. A lot of our older families that remember Jake from State Farm, because there are some younger kids who are like, who is that guy? They're like, oh, yeah, you mean the guy who's in all the videos with the basketball players? And it's like, yeah, Jake from State Farm. It's like, I remember when that was a first-time commercial. All right, another example.
1: Hi, my name is Alexis Walker and I am a member of the graduating class of 2022 at Chicago Christian. So, a couple of the things that I've been involved in at Chicago Christian is Mosaic Student Union, Student Council, Montreal, NHS, ACES, which is a competitive test taking club, and then last but not least, tennis. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I think I'm going to go with AP stats since truly really pushes me in every way possible. And I've struggled in that class so much. However, I've also learned that failure is a part of the process. And it's what you do with that failure that matters. But a part of struggling is I've gotten to know my closest friends who helped me through it. So the nice thing about CCHS is someone has a relationship everyone has a relationship with God, big or small. So whenever I'm going through something with my friends or teachers or anything like that, they remind me that God is intentional with his plan and that everything so, after high school, I wanted to be a voice for the voiceless. And I want to do this by being a malpractice lawyer. So, in BioMed, I learned about all the ins and outs of medicine. However, I'm slightly afraid of needles and blood, so I didn't want to go through the medicine route. But, I am majoring in political science, and the intersection between politics, law, and medicine just interests me. So, I want to go that route with a malpractice lawyer. Okay, so for an incoming freshman, I would say that your friend groups are going to change and that's a part of life and you're going to change and that's a part of life, but it's going to be okay. But then also for an upcoming senior, I would also remind them that just because you feel like things are chaotic and wrong and it's not okay, I promise it is. It's high school and you're going to be justified. Okay, so what I will miss, the college room, which is basically the counseling room. It's one of my favorite places in the school where it comes chairs, vibrant colors, the there are amazing so many different people. But then I will miss all my friends, too, for getting emotional just thinking about leaving. But I know those relationships will
0: carry through me even after high school. All right. Same question. Who's the audience? Students. 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 Who else? Parents. Yeah. Prospective. Prospective, especially. Did you catch what you talked about PLTW uh, Biomed? I actually, its kind of a trick question, this is the full length video, so two and a half minutes, which is rather long for students, so what I ended up doing is chopping this up into smaller bits. So I used the, what advice do you give to incoming freshmen and to juniors becoming seniors, that was one bit, that was 30 seconds long. I took another chunk from BioMed and I also added some other B-roll footage from the classroom and we would send that to donors say, hey, we want to get more pipettes, we want to get new lab coats, we want to upgrade our facilities. This student had her life changed by these classes. So that's one route you can go. And then of course at the beginning of that she talked about her faith journey. So you have all of that content in two and a half minutes that you can repurpose. You can put it in vertical, you can post it to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course the, the teacher that pushed her beyond her limits is sitting right there. <laughs> so. That video, um, we ended up doing five of those. We picked a, The high school principal picked out the students, um, and this video was very strategic for us. Um, it's a female student who's going into science, and she's also a, a student of color. Um, my wife, who's a science teacher, talks about how we need more women in science. And so one of the things to promote new students is, I talked to kids earlier this year about this, they want to see students that look like them in school. And when you're trying to get more students, diverse students in your student body, you need to promote students that look and sound like them. That makes them feel welcomed, right? So that video has many functions. All right, totally shifting gears. This is going to be a vertical video promoting volleyball. Also, if it blows out the speaker, I do apologize. It's a little loud. One more time, simply because it's so short. All right. This one's probably a gimme. Who's the audience? Anybody know? Students. Students. Any specific students? Student athletes. Student athletes, sure. Uh, we had published this on multiple platforms, it did the best on Instagram. Anybody want to take a guess? How many views do you think it got in 24 hours? Just give me some wild numbers. Jake, you're the mathematician in the room, what do you think? I'm trying to remember if I heard any numbers at <laughs> the time I don't. Anybody want to take a guess? 22,000 hits in 24 hours, just under 1,000 likes. I posted this at noon on a random Wednesday. And I went into my boss's office, and we couldn't keep up with how fast this thing was moving. It kind of hit the sweet spot. It was vertical. We shot this vertically. So I knew where it was going before we even shot it. Um, Also, the thing you don't know, volleyball finished third in state last year. They are our strongest program, no offense to track. (laughs) They are our strongest team sport right now in high school. They're doing extremely well. Um, We have a new coach this year, which is why we featured the coaches in the video. Showed our facilities. And then lastly, remember how I talked about trending audio, Corn Kid? That audio was trending massively in August and September. I mean, I, when I used that audio and it had just the chef's kiss of you know the perfect lineup, it catapulted this, this reel. So it's short. The reason I keep emphasizing short is for sharing. I talk to students all the time. Uh, last year, we rolled out a fall sports promo. It was 90 seconds long. You wouldn't think that's too long, right? Football wasn't featured until 1 minute, 15 seconds in that video. I asked a football player who was featured in the video, hey, what would you think? And he goes, oh, I tuned out 15 seconds and I stopped watching. And I said, why? He goes, because I wasn't in the video. I said, dude, yes, you were. You were featured. And he goes, oh, where? So the rewatchability, I don't think it's actually a word. We're going to use that phrase. This was short. So people are more likely to watch it 4, 5, 10, 15 times and share it with people if it's shorter. Then if it's one minute, 90 seconds long, grandma and grandpa are gonna watch it regardless. because They wanna see their, their grandkids. But when you're talking about prospective students who are gonna watch this over and over and over and get the song stuck in their head, and then when they show up to your event, and they go, she was in the TikTok video, I wanna go meet her. So, that's one of the reasons why that one works so, so well. All right, basketball's back. The thing that's different from a virtual vacation home, you always have the whole place to yourself. CCHS presents off season track with coach. Alright, Jacob. Jacob is here. Jamal. Jamal? Jamal. Hey Kevin! Did you hear?
2: Basketball's
0: back! Really? <laughs> so, are you gonna clean up or what? No time! Basketball is back! All right. This one's a gimme. Who's the audience? I talked to staff members. We made it in an afternoon during the pandemic, right? That's why we had masks on. This was a big deal. We had just heard from the Illinois state that we could have sports together. And so we wanted to promote sports being back, but also we had just installed live stream equipment. So what we did with this video was, was for two reasons. One was just to tell everybody, hey, this looks better. Second one, we included the link to subscribe to the live stream. That helped push this post out. So we had a lot of fun. Um, The Dean of Students, who's also the basketball and softball coach, he was the goofball doing inventory of the basketballs. He was four out of his mind. And then the athletic director, who's in the background cleaning up after his math, is uh, Mark Zylstra. So we had some fun making this. It went really well. Again, it is horizontally cropped. Um, How many of you are familiar with progressive commercials at home with Baker Mayfield? Anybody? I've got a few. That's what this is spoofed off of. I told you guys I like insurance commercials. So the intro, off-season prep with Coach Pittman, that's where we got the idea from. So I just, again, promoted progressive to you. All right, and we did have a sequel for this, so I'm going to show you that one. CCHS presents off-season prep with Coach Cook. All right, let's go get Nick. let's grab some lunch. I'm craving a chicken sandwich. Hey, let's get pops. No, no, no. Chick-fil-A is the best chicken sandwich. I mean, that's Christian chicken right there. <laughs>
1: What? Boy. All right, then, The day has finally arrived. It's game day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to remember one thing. It's all about the team. The team, the team, the team.
0: big deal because it was outside where we could have a lot more fans again live streaming um, I have some fun story though so again we wrote the script I always do a roundtable read with the script and with the staff members and it allows them to go through it I try to get to know the staff as best as possible to write these shorts for them um, Kevin Pittman he again was in this Indian students he changed Arby's to Pops that was his little thing Mark Zylester we're sitting there and he gets this big old grin and he goes can I add a little line? I was like, sure, but what are you going to do? He goes, let me try it. So we're, we're filming down the hallway, and he drops the Christian Chicken Chick-fil-A line. I did not write that. I wish I could take credit for that brilliant line, but that was all him. And then our, uh, our football coach was the one who was giving a pep talk to an empty classroom. And There's a joke in there. The team's speech is a Michigan speech. He's an Ohio State so, <laughs> little jab there. All right, I'm going to do three more, and then we'll open it up for questions. Football season. Now you're going to have to hurry up, we're going to start football season. All right, nice and short and to the point. So the reason I'm showing you this is this video came out after we published the other two. I did not write this. Our head of maintenance came up to me and he goes, I had an idea for a commercial. I was like, seriously, like, that's awesome. And he goes, we are gonna have to have the football field plowed off with trucks because we had spring football for the first time in school's history because of the pandemic. And he goes, what if we use it as a way to promote that we're excited about football? He goes, you can have a student play the night. You can have the coach in the foreground. And he literally came up with all of this. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. So we did this one and then we followed it up, believe it or not, after the shoveling was done, with this one little SpongeBob reference, roughly two weeks later. Hey, didn't do it, did you? Great job. You all right? It's football season. So again, this one was was written by the same gentleman. Um, we used this video to say thank you to all the people that volunteered. We had people that came in and shoveled off that field. Parents that came in. Whole community rallied because they were so excited to have football back. Very simple, the whole thing took us maybe 10 minutes. Went out there, yes, it was cold, and yes, I was very cold filming the snowing. snowbank. Um, but it went a long way. So just goes to show you, it doesn't have to be the Alexis spotlight video, lights, camera action, multi cam production, all this B-roll. It can be short and sweet. And then I'm gonna conclude our examples here with this golf lighting video, specifically for the bloopers. Hello Knight Nation, your CCHS Athletic Boosters golf outing is almost here, and this is your reminder to sign up. Come join us on Saturday, September 24th at 9am at Green Gardens Country Club in Frankfort, Illinois. To sign up for our outing, follow the link in this post or if you're on Instagram or TikTok. Click the link in the bio. Thank you for your support of athletics, the CCHS Athletic Boosters, and Christian Education. And lastly, go Knights! Hi, SCCS family. Our CCHSF <laughs> golf hopping is almost here. <laughs> Whenever I it do this, almost I'm like tongue tied, and it's like. So the reason that I showed you this is it's an example to keep it light, right? Videos should be fun. Your posts should be fun. Yes, we're doing serious work. We're, we're educating children and setting up the next generation. But you also want to have some fun with people. I made that clip, showed it to Kevin before I published. It. I said, hey. You, you had some funny outtakes here. The kids will eat it up if you're okay with this publishing. So oh, yeah, go for it. And the kids, I had kids come up to me, like, do you have any other videos with outtakes that you haven't published? We'd love to see that. So they're connecting with him. He's, again, Dean of Students, the guy who, hey, you're in trouble. Go see Kevin. They want to see his outtakes. Um, and the last thing I want to mention with these examples, staff members, you need to make relationships with them. A lot of people, when you're doing donor work, when you're doing marketing work, you're seen as the association office. You're seen as, you know, you sit in your in your office. You're not teaching during the day, right? Make relationships with your staff members. Not all of them are going to be willing to be in front of the camera. You might be surprised how many of them like writing content, um, how many of them watch SNL and know how to write that kind of stuff. Or they might want to be behind the camera. They might say, hey, I'm not comfortable with delivering a Chick-fil-A, it's Christian chicken line, but I'm fine with you saying it and me filming it. So I've had a blast getting to know the people that were in all these videos, and that helps us promote the school more, because they're going to then go and share that on social media, and that's helping you with organic reach. All right, we have about 13 minutes left, and I want to open it up for questions, which I'm sure you have, because I gave you a lot of information in 47 minutes, from branding guides, to photos, to flyers, to videos. So I'll open it up
1: now. Your videos, do you, how, do you, how do you present those? Do you
0: loop them within like a few days, or do you kind of face them out over uh, is there any strategy with that yeah so on Facebook there's a thing called pinning so you can pin a post at the top of the page so generally what I do if we have an event coming up and we need to give it some breathing room we usually operate in weeks so if it's an event for a Friday night I look three weeks ahead of that and I say okay we're gonna create it this week edit it this week put the final touches on it publish it pin it to the top of the page, and then when the next event comes up, you can drop it. So you're not deleting the post. The post is still archived on whichever platform you're posting it to, but it's no longer front and center. So that way, if there are people who want to go and watch the video again, they can still go find it, but we're making room for the next event. And a lot of the time, it's a two-ended thing. It's you're promoting the event, and then you're also recapping the event. And the recap usually doesn't do as much as the promotion, but it's
2: still a fun way to keep everybody engaged. How do you, so I'm finding that if there's something happening at the school that day, I want to be able to post and share about it um, so it's still relevant. It's not something I'm posting two days later. So I have to get the content that day because that's the day that's happening. Um, but I want it to look good, and maybe that's where I'm like, I'm not good with just, Film it with the Instagram story and then post. Like, I want to, like, tweak it and look like I'm not really fast with that. So, what, with all of your equipment and stuff and not a planning post, something that's happening right then, what do you do?
0: So, generally, I try to post things that are happening. If it's that day, I give myself three days grace. There are going to be people that are going to want to set stuff the day up. But sometimes, like, I'll give an example October at Chicago Christian is nuts. We have about six events in three weeks. It's just humanly impossible to post everything daily. So, again, this is part of conditioning your audience. Set yourself up so that you're not pulling your hair out, you're not going gray, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I always tell people having content is better than not having content. And you always give yourself a starting point. So if if the photo that you're gonna post is gonna be, you know, vertical, it may not be perfectly cropped. that's okay. You're at least providing something to people so they can see. And it doesn't have to be all on you, right? You can delegate. There might be somebody a little bit better suited to edit stuff. But I also know you can. it can be learned. Um, I opened up my video editing software that I use now for the first time in 2015. So seven years ago. I've come a long way in seven years. I'm kind of curious to see where I go in the next seven. But it doesn't happen overnight. I know it's, especially in today's day and age, where kids have instantaneous, you know, everything is so quick. They don't get that. But that's part of the thing, too, is if you partner with those students, you're also going to be teaching them, and they can help you down the road. That's what we're doing right now with yearbook, is I can't be everywhere. So I have students who will go around, you know, they'll be in Jake's classroom taking pictures, making calc, and I'll say, hey, can you send me those photos? I can tweak them for them, and then we can post them. So, yeah, I get that not having the editing stuff like that, but starting somewhere and setting yourself up there and then working your way up, I always tell people, you want to always be improving, you never want to go this way or plateau. So you got to start somewhere, right? What do you use for video editing? So I use Adobe Suite. So Adobe has Premiere Pro, it has Lightroom Classic. I don't like the, the new version of Lightroom because I'm one of those old people that likes how things work. Um, I use InDesign, Photoshop. It's nice because our Christian school, every single staff member gets Adobe Suite for free. So all you, obviously you have to know how to use it. But you can have a high-quality editor, and believe it or not, there are millions of videos out there on YouTube. They're free to watch. Some of them are five minutes. Some of them are thirty seconds. So if you have questions about how to, you know, import a photo into Lightroom, how to crop it so that it looks good on Instagram, there are videos out there. And I follow a lot of people on YouTube, and I have for about ten years now, and I've learned a lot. So Adobe Suite is what I prefer. Um, I have no, no. Problem with the Apple version um, of the products. It's just not what I use. So, Adobe Suite. Do you guys so have. Does
2: Adobe offer it to educators or is that something that.
0: Okay. Yes, there is a discount for educators. There's also a discount for students. So, like when I was in college, I purchased Adobe and I got it, I think it was like 75% off. And then I started working at Christian schools and I think I got 80% off. So, <laughs> worked nicely. Because they know that it, it adds up is the way that Adobe operates, I'm not sure if every single editor operates this way, is you're basically, it's like leasing a car. You don't own it. You are getting constant updates when they update the technology. So I think we're on, like, version 12.1 of Lightroom since I started using Adobe. So they're constantly fixing bugs and updating things, especially as AI improves, which is getting really creepy, by the way. You can Photoshop something in seconds, we'll least take hours. How
2: do you engage that, like, we have it where like certain staff or like departments or you know like the key to two team or whatever right team like always sending the um marketing person content but then we have like another group that like never and then they complain like you're never featuring the things that are happening in my classroom and we're like well that's because you need to send this content right. or tell us like hey this great thing is happening and we'll come and do it for you you know Yep. but how do you I mean,
0: I'm sure you had that at your staff too. Um, so how do you engage those people that complain but then yet never send you that It's a tough love thing. Um, I got in the habit when I was at Lansing Christian. Every Tuesday, because it was preschool to 8, mm-hmm. I would go around either via
1: email or personally and say, is there anything this week you need me to come and
0: capture? Mm-hmm. And if they said no, I had the receipt of them saying no and telling me I didn't. Mm-hmm. So that when they were like, hey, you didn't feature our caterpillar exhibit, from preschool, three days ago, it's like I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. So it it's a groundwork thing. if You gotta kind of draw a line in the sand and say this is how we're gonna operate. Um, Jake actually has a really great system that he does with cross country. Do you wanna? Can I put you on the spot to explain how you share Google Drive folders with your parents? Oh. Yeah, I mean, all I have is I have a giant picture folder from the past ten years of sports. Um, but this year, especially since I have no assistant coach this year, I just shared the. Uh, the link to my Google Drive folder um, for the season with all the parents. So any pictures that they took, they could just upload to the folder and now we've got hundreds. Some of them, not great. So <laughs> it's like they're at least there and now race, it's a lot easier to have pictures of every single athlete. Um, yeah, and they're, they're organized by race as well, so the parent knows, like, well, after fishes, this race just went into this folder. So, yep, and then he shared that with me, because I obviously, the marketing. And that was great because I, I just can't be at every single cross-country event. And not gonna lie, running starts to look redundant. So well, I don't go to 15 volleyball games because so homestead spike looks the same after a while. So if you want to take that approach to the classroom and say to all your teachers at the beginning of the school year, there is a folder. If you can capture stuff, I will promote it. I will check that weekly and you can tell them, hey I'm gonna check at 10 AM on Monday. And that's gonna be our practice. And also open that up to parents and say, especially the lower L a lot of parents show up to a lot of events. I've always been surprised by that. You can't get parents to show up for 7th grade field trip to the Field Museum, but they'll show up to the Butterfly Garden in preschool. It's like, Field Museum <laughs> yeah. so What we've done is every class has a private Facebook page. Every grade does. and That that follows them all the way through. And so when parent, parents have the ability, they're invited to that and they can post pictures into that private page. Mm-hmm. And then our office
2: we're pulling pictures out of there because obviously we can't go on field trips and parents right. who can't
0: go on field trips they like that yep. and by rolling those over the class of 2042 now those parents when they're doing their scrapbooks or whatever yep. they're doing they have a great we have an archive and so do they and yep. we're in split sections now so <laughs> there was a little bit of a transition there yep. but we uh, as our as a development office we said no if there's one two teachers are sharing it post there. Um, so it does get our parents into Facebook if they yep. want to
2: be there, but we, for us it's proven to be the easiest
0: way to create that sure. historical stream for them, and then we just steal stuff off So I know Illinois Christian does a similar, you guys have a private Facebook page for current families versus a public page that promotes. Um, that is one model, unfortunately Chicago Christian only three campuses and being a little bigger, we just can't do that. Um, I will say though, there is a big difference between Jake's model with Google Drive and Facebook, and it's this quality. Facebook lowers the quality of images. They have millions of photos and videos being uploaded to Facebook by an hour. So, one of the reasons why I'm partial to sharing via email, sharing via Google Drive, is it maintains the quality of those images. Now, obviously, if you're going through a thousand images, you're probably not worried you're not putting them up in a but that is one thing to think about is if you're pulling those photos and you're putting a front and center on a flyer that you're using to promote your biggest fundraiser of the year, you want to make sure that's a nice photo, right? So it's a great method. and I, I, I love the fact that you do that. It's just one of those things to be mindful of. It's the quality so we do is, yeah. so what we do if we see a what I call a money yeah. shot, then I'll contact the person. There, you go. there it, you go. And they'll email it. Nice. Awesome. Any other questions? Those so are all great.
2: Do you do like a blanket question of for the do not publish? Like, So we have, so a lot of times our teachers have like class dojo or whatever so they can share within their class and then you've got me that can do the social media of the class or of things. And so I have asked in the enrollment papers of are you okay with them being in marketing are you are you okay with like classroom only or do you just ask a blanket, we don't want them in pictures or we do or not like. What, what are the questions you asked?
0: Yeah, it's part of the finishing the enrollment contract yearly. So if you told us when you're in preschool, don't publish me, and you're still in the system by fifth grade, we're assuming you're still in the DMP list, and we just update that yearly. It's not something that's separate. So that's why sometimes at Chicago Christian, we have parents that, you know, they have an eighth grade and they go, why won't you publish my kid? And you go, because back when Susie joined us in second grade, he said, no photos, please. So we just get in the habit, like I mentioned in the presentation, of contacting families, especially if it's an awesome photo. Um, And keeping that going yearly, um, you obviously have to keep that DMPL's private to your office, because you can't let everybody know who's what. Um, But it's part of the enrollment contract, that for us has been very good, especially for the new families, because they're the ones typically that are like I don't want my little kid, and that kind of changes the little bit of kid get, yeah, especially as if they end up in the newspaper, right? You go, well, you're in the newspaper as a national merit scholar, but the high school you go to, you say we can't publish you. So having those conversations, it kind of happens in real time, but that's how we go about it. It's not a separate question; it's a part of the enrollment contract. And then, just to, I think there's a second part of your question: the question we specifically ask. We tell people social media, website, and print media. And that usually covers all of our bases, because the website, I think I update the website almost weekly um, at Chicago Christian, so it's constantly getting new content. And if I have one kid that I know can't be on there, I need to know that as the school year progresses. And flyers, next year's flyers, are based on the previous year's photos. Same thing, you gotta know who's on that list from 2019-20. So when you make an extra flyer, you go, okay, oh, we can't. Especially if they transfer out or graduate, they don't attend your school anymore. That's also good to know. But those are the questions we ask. I, I
2: find it hard. Like we have one that says they don't want their child in anything, any picture of any anything, anything. But they're in eighth grade. We only go to eighth grade, so there's a lot of eighth grade things. And so when I'm trying to capture, I'm always kind of like, mm, like candid stuff I can get shots without him in it. Right. But when I want a whole class thing. And he's in it, or it's like they'll take it at it a bit, and you know they have an eighth-grade car wash, and they'll take the picture and then send it to me. And there he is, and I'm like, and so I feel like I'm I'm putting on a smiley face over him yes. or something like that, which I feel like draws more attention. But we uh, we blur
0: faces, so um, at the Tinley Park campus, it's, I, I wouldn't call it a problem, but it's more prevalent. High school, we, we hardly have any kids who can't. Be. Again, sports and extracurriculars are everywhere. Kids are taking millions of selfies a day. Oakland and Lee we have the two liaisons that are in charge of their social media. I oversee the social media, but I don't have every single post for Oakland and Tindley. I It happens all the time. We just in grandparents' day. I took 500 photos. We published 20 of them. And uh, Tony Gabriels is in charge of Tony Parks Facebook. And he just went through and did a blur tool over the face. The parents understand it. It does look goofy, and obviously that would be a photo we put on a flyer. But in terms of social media, that's not fair to the rest of the kids, especially if you have 15 kids in an awesome Washington D.C. group shot, and there's little Joey who's in the D.M.P. in every single photo. So that's how we handle it. I have seen other people in my, my freelance work who have adopted children. They will put like the Mickey Mouse face when they publish their Facebook like cover photo. But that's obviously after the parents' discretion at that point. I try to stay away from the stickers, because you're right, it, does, it totally draws attention. Versus a blur, you have to do a double-take, especially if it's a big group photo. You're not going to notice a blur out face nearly as quickly as you're going to notice Mickey Mouse' face plastered on a little shit. I find it difficult, sorry, just to no. go
2: off on this one, is that I see the kid in other things yes. on social media, that mm-hmm. I'm like... <sighs>
0: Yeah, or if they're involved in travel sports, and you see them on like the local soccer teams, like star, you know, an old pose, and it's like, oh, that's Bobby. We can't publish anything with him on All right, we are technically it's nine oh three. We got a session starting in twelve minutes, so I'll let you guys stretch your legs. Thank you.